ask uh, ask Chad GPT for a uh, intro to a video game podcast. When, you, when an you, intro topic or in like an no, actual it, like script? just a, just an intro for me to read. Ask Who's, Chad, uh, GPT, Chad GPT how Ryan Johnson would introduce the day one patch podcast. I don't know if it's going to know that much, would it? Okay, hang on. Let, let Bing's connected to the internet, so we'll ask that one. How would Ryan Johnson introduce the day one patch podcast? Watch it. Has to like listen to an episode real quick. Oh my god! I'm searching. No, let me find out. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. <clears throat> I mean, I'm going to read this. Apparently, this is <laughs> this is for Ryan though. Quote, I guess. Hello and welcome to the Day One Patch Podcast, where we take a look at each week's video game news and how it will affect the industry through our own opinions and experience. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson, and joining me today are Matt Lawrence, Adriano Petty, and Tim Spence. Oh, how are you guys God. doing today? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, did you did you give it our names? No, I said <laughs> the, the the query was how would Ryan Johnson introduce the Day One Patch Podcast? And it, it pulled the three of our names? Yeah. To be fair, there are literally hundreds of recorded audio yeah. bits saying yeah. almost exactly that yeah okay. it's cool that it did it though it's cool that it did it keep going though man i want to hear more uh, don't stop or was that it that, that was it that was the quote and then it shows me oh. and then there's a smiling emoji there all right cool. <laughs> i like how every single one ends with an emoji i like i like how bing gives me the smile it's a little bit of emotion that's, that's all right well there's your intro right there i don't need to do anything my job's been replaced yeah well you know what it did know right <laughs> It didn't know what episode number it is, but we could have oh. put that in. We definitely could have put that in. Okay, hang on. Wait, okay, hang on. What? G- give me the, the 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 top story of this episode. What what you'd consider the top story? Uh, uh, Phil Spencer saying Xbox will exist after okay, the Activision Blizzard deal. It's coming for all our jobs. All right, God, I hope so. <laughs> you just want the world to end, though. Yeah, but like in a single instant, like a like a snap, like it's not going to be like, like the sun exploding on a yeah. Thanos. Yeah, Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> Wait, Xbox would still exist in which uh... Thanos' plan is extremely short sighted. If, if the Activision Blizzard deal falls through, in silence, eagerly but a long anticipating query, but... the uh, the response from. I feel like it's going to mess this one up. Yeah, is, you, can you overload it with detail? Oh my god, probably bog it down too much. Yeah. Oh god. Either that, or if you give it a bunch of detail, it comes up with an extremely, extremely long response. Matt, I don't like your reaction. Share your screen. He's doing a big yeah, old pod chain. Matt's, Matt's ascended. Yeah. What the fuck is <laughs> ascended? Matt, just share your screen. Please share your screen. It's still it. going. It's still going. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna read this. This is incredible. Oh god. <clears throat> A possible way that Ryan Johnson could introduce an episode of the Day One Patch podcast with the stop, top story being how Phil Spencer said that Xbox would still exist if the Activision Blizzard deal falls through is, quote, Hello and welcome to the Day One Patch podcast. I just broke my freaking microphone. Where we <laughs> where we take a look at each week's video game news and how it will affect the industry through our own opinions and experience. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. And today, And joining me today are Matt Lawrence, Adriano Petty, and Tim Spence. How are you guys doing today? Today, we have a big topic to discuss. Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. The deal has been met with mixed reactions from gamers, developers, regulators, and lawmakers. Some are worried about the impact on competition, diversity, and innovation in the gaming industry, while others are hopeful that Microsoft can improve the culture and working conditions at Activision Blizzard amid, amid ongoing scandals and lawsuits. But what if this deal doesn't go through? 
What if regulators block it or Activision Blizzard shareholders reject it? Well, according to Xbox head Phil Spencer, Xbox would still exist if that happens. In an interview with Axios, Spencer said that he is confident that the deal will receive final approval from global regulatory bodies, but he also acknowledged that Xbox has a strong plan B in case it doesn't. He said that Xbox's strategy is not dependent on any single acquisition, but rather on growing its player base across platforms and genres. So what do you guys think? Is this a good deal for good or bad for gaming? How likely is it to happen? And what would Xbox do if it falls through? Let's get into it. I'm not even absorbing the actual words because I'm just amazing. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Tim, uh, thoughts? Let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts are I'm really scared right now. (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts right now. Jeez. I've never said let's get into it. So let's get into it. Yeah. Also, don't say maybe, this is maybe where we discuss that. the uh, the week's like gaming news or whatever. What if I become the AI? I'll just start acting uh, like it. It thinks I'm going to act. Aiyron, Aiyron. But I mean, this. Yeah, this is. I mean, should we just take it from there? That that's the intro. Well, what episode number is this, Ryan? Four twenty-eight. Oh. Could the, could the AI do that? It's yeah, right, uh, Matt, ask it how many episodes of Day One Patch Podcast exist. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's definitely going to know that. It can just like search the internet for that. Yeah, I have. A, I just I'm, something. I want to make sure something tells me it would well, actually. Fuck up on that. If you include it, shoulder button boys, shoulder no! button boys, shoulder <laughs> button boys. What's <laughs> Day One Patch Media's top YouTube video? Still why is it the Biogenic Thumb Grips? Review. Yeah, those uh, those reviews did really yeah, well for us. That actually. was one really well. According to Anchor, Day One Patch Podcast has 223 episodes as of February 5th, 2023. Yeah, see, that it fucks up. That's completely yeah. wrong. Well, because because we had a different provide, we didn't host it on the same service. Ah, right. We did swap at one point. That's still pretty cool, though. And it says here, the latest episode was released on February 4th, 2023, and it was about how the, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal, the Steam Deck delay and the new ps5 vr headset but there's been one before that though so th- this is as of february 5th 2023 okay that makes sense then yeah all right months um, ago yeah wow um well i'm gonna go start stocking up for food and get my shelter ready and <laughs> i will see you guys in the next one toilet yeah. paper Remember thanks the toilet for paper. listening yeah toilet paper we learned that the hard way toilet paper boys the toilet paper boys I don't like the sound of that at all. <laughs> I want to ask if it knows who the shoulder button boys are. It's I uh, well, I mean, there is still a YouTube I, channel out there. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't know that. <laughs> What's well, just gonna name us? Like it's gonna shame us right here. Their yeah. sin numbers are. It was, it was a very mediocre and pathetic. <laughs> oh my god! So it it picked. I it was searched up originally. It searched up shoulder button boys, and it was smart enough to recombobulate the search to shoulder button boys podcast. I think you're referring to the Shoulder Button Boys, to the Shoulder Buttons podcast, a podcast that takes a look at gaming and the people who inhabit it. So, no, that's not us. Okay. <laughs> because okay. it's hosted by Adam and Jose, who introduced themselves, yada, yada, yada. That's us. Yeah, that, that was the that <laughs> we're, was the we're now Adam and Jose. <laughs> that, was, that was the stage that we went egos, by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got my ta- I got the tattoo of it on my chest. Yeah. You know, right here. <laughs> What two of us are Adam and two of us are Jose? Like what's yeah. <laughs> that was the whole gimmick, yeah. Jose and Ho B, Hose B, and then Womp Womp. All right, well. 
Uh, I feel like this, our, our jobs are uh, redundant now. Is this the most unhinged intro yet? Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> by far. <laughs> artificial intelligence drove us here. I technically haven't given the intro, so yeah, it's just it's just been chaos ever since this AI got here. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast, ChatGPT. Glad to have you. How do you uh, how are you doing today? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to like um, thank you way into the me. into the actually covering the story, but I mean, let's get into it. Uh, Tim, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I guess the larger question is that it's a bit ridiculous that Xbox wouldn't exist. If this deal falls through, it existed before the deal existed, you know. Um, but I just find it funny that like, there's like some pundits. I'm not sure who it was exactly, but they came out and said that you know, uh, if if the Activision Blizzard deal falls through, that Xbox or Microsoft rather would sell the Xbox division. Um, That's such a big leap. Yeah, and I guess the question is like, we don't really know how well Xbox is doing for Microsoft. Microsoft has a ton of money to to toss around, right? There's burn on they, they buy Bethesda, and... they're buying Activision Blizzard for sixty eight billion. Um, but is it making money? Is Game Pass making money? Um, so anyway, how, do you have any reason? Can you think of any reason why they would possibly sell if the deal falls through? Uh, if it falls through, I mean, like, yeah, I was going to say maybe if they're like, oh, shit, now we're, you know, X amount of money in the hole. But that would be if the deal went through, not if it fell through. So, like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know where this is coming from. I think I'm thinking they're 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 betting their future on owning a bunch of IP, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard clearly. that for a while that the future is owning IP because you're just going to keep repackaging it, reselling it, you know. Uh, so if they lose out on this, um, and I think they also said they particularly want the mobile aspect of the Activision Blizzard um, company. King. Yeah, that's really important to them, it sounds like. So I think they're if they don't have this, maybe maybe, they're, maybe the future does rely on them having more IP. And if they can't get it, then I don't know. But I, I find it very unlikely. I have no inside information, obviously, but it just sounds absurd to me. Are people looking at this in the same way that other companies treat markets? So, I mean, this is going to sound unrelated, but like Delicio Pizza is leaving Canada and it's the number one, as far as I know, pizza, frozen pizza brand in Canada. So I love that. That's the comparison. Well, like it's true, though. It's like, <laughs> is, are they saying, are people comparing it to like, we're either number one, PlayStation beat us. All right, we're leaving. And they just, they just gone. Like, is that, is that how people are thinking they're going to handle it? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does sound crazy. Like, unless I'm missing something here, it seems like such an extreme reaction. Unless they spent a ton of money righting the wrongs of the Xbox One, right? They 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 completely kind of reconfigured Xbox. They bought a bunch of studios, you know, and maybe it's still not profitable. I think that's the only reason you would sell it if it, if it, if it wasn't making money, right? Do we have evidence that it's not profitable? I don't know if we really know. I don't. Uh, I. I mean, I haven't seen any news or anything on it. Um, I think Phil Spencer has come out and said that Game Pass is profitable, but that doesn't mean that Xbox is profitable, right? Yep. Uh, the Xbox Series X and S is selling below PlayStation numbers, still selling well, but below PlayStation numbers, and they've had a bit of a uh, lull in exclusive games that people are flocking to. Meanwhile, PlayStation is you know having 
multiple millions and millions of sold games of their exclusives, like one after the other, you know? Um, so maybe just Microsoft isn't making as much money as they'd like on it. When I look this up, I mean, I use the Bing bot to be fair, but when I look this up, it <laughs> says that uh, the Xbox division of Microsoft is profitable and a high growth business for the company, especially in 2021 when it achieved its best calendar year on record with $16.28 billion in revenue. However, Microsoft has not, has never, excuse me, turned a profit on Xbox console sales alone, but rather relies on other aspects of its gaming business, such as software and services to make a profit. Which is typical, right? Yeah. So this is this is claiming it's profitable. So yeah, I don't see any reason why they would sell it unless they're just done with Xbox, but that sounds crazy. It's been 20 years, right? It's also super... In, in grand in Windows now. Holy shit. That's, that's yeah. a good point too there, Matt. That it, Yeah, Windows has really kind of bumped up their whole gaming platform. You know. Anyway, I think it's crazy. All right. Next deal is somewhat related. Uh, Microsoft's deal with Nintendo and NVIDIA is reportedly good enough for the EU, but Activision uh, acquisition is still not finalized yet. This is from Dot .esports. Getting some, some unusual sites there, Adriano. I think since you uh, switched to getting your news from the from MSN, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's been from, very. Excuse me, it's start, isn't it now? No, oh, it? it is it is MSN. But when I when I it's through Bing now. So when I open up my web browser, it just like it just compiles a bunch of articles that meet my criteria. And hey, if MSN is citing it, it's a legitimate source for me. It's hard to say because like MSN's like that or that 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 start page that Matt was referring to it. It looks like a bunch of spam. Like it, it just looks horrible. Like I don't trust a lot of these. Well, I don't think it's too bad. Like let me open one right now. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, I get it. Um, it. It's where I get my news as well. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then like Apple it's News, a, it's is a the hit same miss. Way. Yeah. When I go to the gaming section in Apple News, it's a bunch of odd, you know. Um, news outlets that I I don't I'm not they're not like the biggest video game news outlets out there and it's, it just pulls from whatever you know uh, there was one that I actually blocked because I just didn't like their headlines they were always like some some gotcha headline or uh, yeah trying to, and trying I, to get and, me to click on it and and I just I feel like most most of them are just citing each other when it mm-hmm. comes to it like becomes a big old headline circle jerk yeah 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 and and it's odd though because when i when i open up this there's actually quite a few editorials a lot of some a lot of opinion pieces make their way in here that's frustrating too yeah like i have game rant here it's like why civilization why civilization 7 should skip some of the franchise's most popular leaders think this is gonna get a down vote i don't want that i wish you could kind of sort it by you know news and opinion because i'm not I do I do like the odd opinion piece, but I would much prefer just just give me the news and that's it. Did I put this one in the thing? Sony ordered to cough up trade secrets to Microsoft. Like the a judge might order them to reveal how much they're paying. The exclusivity deals. Yeah, yeah to keep it off Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, we can toss that in right now if you want. It's up to you. I just didn't know if there was much to talk about other than just that's what's happening. Well, I have it open here. If we want to come back to it. I'm just currently making an open AI account. So yeah. I can get <laughs> what? What's going on here? But anyway, uh, back to the story here. Uh, Microsoft's most recent licensing deals with NVIDIA and Nintendo will most likely satisfy the European regulator lawmakers, according to a report from The Verge. And the European Commission 
isn't likely to demand that Microsoft sell off assets like Call of Duty to be approved. The decision is set to be officially made by uh, made regarding EU approval by tw- April 25th. Both deals with NVIDIA and Nintendo were announced toward the end of February. The deal between NVIDIA and Microsoft is a 10-year partnership that will allow, uh, put Xbox PC games on the NVIDIA GeForce Now cloud gaming service, which will enable users to stream those titles uh, to various devices using GeForce Now. Microsoft also announced a 10-year partnership with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty and other titles to the Nintendo devices. I, I'm surprised that this deal is working for them. Just because, to me, 10 years isn't long in terms of owning a company forever. Um, and but, reg- but regulators don't know that. They think 10 years is a long time. It is in tech. Think but about it, the tech in 2013 and the games we were playing in 2013. It, it is a long time, but I'm saying that 10 years will be gone pretty quickly, you know, before we know it. And what assurances are there? Because they're trying to they're trying to do this to keep competition healthy, the the regulators, right? But they're only it's like oh, 10 years of healthy competition is good enough. But it I might, it, yeah, it might be. Uh, Matt, did it, it when you signed up for your OpenAI account? It when I clicked on the verified, it says, "Hey, what's your first name and last name?" Yeah, I'm assuming you followed through on that. Yeah, and it asked for a phone number. Yep. Okay. Isn't isn't that standard for an account? Yeah, I, it was just it was just I click on the link and it meets like putting your name, number, name, uh, first name, last name, and phone number. It's like wow, you went you got straight to it, eh? First name, your firstborn child, same number of your number, yeah. And don't forget the most one, your greatest fear, because it's got to come out so, of you. So wait, what's <laughs> so it's your greatest fear? <laughs> so Microsoft put it ChatGPT into Bing, right? I think it's some, it's not exactly ChatGPT. It's like an AI using GPT technology. I think it is or something like that. The GPT. Okay, so it's related, it but it's not. It's not the same thing. I, I don't. I I just started playing with these things like this week, so I'm not 100. percent Well, that's just why I'm confused because like uh, the big news was that Microsoft like incorporated it, but but there's also just a site you can go to to access it that's not related to Microsoft. That's that, that open Open AI has nothing to do with Microsoft. They might be part of it. I don't know, but. Or contributing to it, rather. I'm not. I'm not sure. You're an AI expert. I literally started playing. Literally started playing with it this week, and the most I played with it was like on the air, pretty well, and a little before with you guys. All right. Well, anyway, uh, that's it for the stories. Uh, real quick, <laughs> do you guys want to try Adrian's question then? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna ask. Uh, I think both Bing and ChatGPT. Some, that's right. Some of Adrian's questions. He's gonna ask us. We'll give our answers. And then see how uh, see how these AIs. Oh, do. here we go. Well, so the um, because <laughs> well, like the the question is a personal preference question, and we already tried to. We're going to see how that turns out. Yeah. All right. So because I we asked it, so I asked Chat earlier to rank its preferable days of the week, and what was its response, Matt? Like it can't. It doesn't have preferences because it's an AI. But it gave okay. a common answer. It gave right. a common answer like people prefer Friday and Saturday because they begin the week and other people prefer Wednesday and Thursday. And Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing from memory, but that's generally what it said. Hmm. Uh, okay. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out a question that it would be able to answer. Give me, give me a gaming question. Give me a gaming question. Any gaming you wanna, question. You want to do a gaming question? I don't know. Just Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. 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 So, so you know what? This is not, it can be gaming. This is, depends how you answer it. Let's say 
you know, next COVID wave hits and we have to go into lockdown again. And we have to spend two weeks indoors, you know, traditional quarantine style, but you get to quarantine with one fictional character. Fictional. What fictional character are you spending two weeks with? Okay, I'm going to ask it as which fictional character would be the best to quarantine for two weeks with? Man, you probably want someone who would have a lot of interesting stories, right? I think you'll Somebody be really, sur- I think you'll be really surprised with my answer. Really? Okay. But I'll let you guys answer first. His answer is Jonesy from Fortnite. I have no idea. Who oh, these talk. are these are very different <laughs> answers. Very different answers. Okay. On the Bing side, <clears throat> it says, hello, this is Bing. It always says that. This is an interesting question. There are many fictional characters who might be good companions for quarantine, depending on your preferences and personality. Some web sources I found suggest characters such as Liz Lemon from 30 Rock, Daria wow. from Holy MTV, cow. Dr. Mindy Larry, uh, Laurie maybe, from the Mindy Project, Renata okay. Klein from Big Little Lies, I get, I get and Elle or maybe Ella Woods from Legally Blonde. That's the Bing side of things. Well, the whole the whole point is that there's no right or wrong answer. It's personal preference. But so on the other side uh, of things on the ChatGPT side, I'm just going to paraphrase the answer because it's kind of long. The three it gave us three people. Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter uh, series. She is highly intelligent and resourceful, which could be beneficial in a quarantine situation where problem solving and creative thinking are needed. She is also well read and could provide interesting conversation and, and entertainment. Uh, number two is Leslie, uh, Nope or Leslie Nope, nope. Sure. Uh, Leslie Nope, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, from Parks and Rec, it says that uh, she is highly organized, and energetic character who can help create a structured routine during quarantine. She's also known for her positive attitude and humor, which could help alleviate any stress or boredom. And the third one <laughs> is Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one, though. Uh, as a hobbit, wait, 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 wait. Which Bilbo? Martin Freeman Bilbo or the old cr- the curmudgeon? From The Hobbit, it says. Okay, so Martin Freeman. As a hobbit, the Bilbo is accustomed to a simple and cozy lifestyle, yeah. making oh, him yeah. an ideal companion for a low-key quarantine. He is also <laughs> a skilled cook and could provide delicious meals and snacks oh, to make your quarantine more enjoyable. Woo! There you go. <laughs> I didn't even think about someone with like cooking so, skills. So the the Hermione the Harry Potter answer is super fitting because this is a uh, like when I'm on a dating app whether it's you know one of the major three ones or whatever this is one of my go to icebreaker questions just to kind of kickstart a conversation to see what who they say and honestly seventy five percent of the time the answer is like a Harry Potter character because mm, it's what's topical it's what they're thinking about right now. Yeah, or they then like it then it spins into a conversation about the books versus the movies and whatever. But um, who would you guys spend two weeks with? Yeah, I've been thinking about this since you asked the question, and I I've been struggling. I'm so it, bad it has at these like on the on Fic- the fictional character. Somebody I'm who so bad at making a decision when I'm put on the spot. Uh, that's the thing too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I want it to be a fascinating answer, not just. Uh, and yeah, yeah and, and people try to like sophisticated and they try to go over the top i'll tell you my answer and it's really dumb okay <laughs> i'd spend two weeks with mr bean 
That's such a good answer, though. That's <laughs> such a good answer. Like, oh my god, not Ron Atkinson. Yeah, Mr. because Bean. <laughs> you have another human with you, so you're not ice. Like, you're not by yourself. You have somebody who's not going to talk that much. He's going to spit out things here, with, and then you're also going to just laugh for two fucking weeks. Yeah, like, your core would be rock solid. That's, that's genius. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would have to be somebody who. Yeah, it's just like always getting up to shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would look at him and he's like trying to fry an egg, and you would just yep. laugh constantly. So that's my. He's, like trying to, he's trying to do the thing where you like you sh- you shimmy the pan and yeah. then you flip it with the with the wrist flick, but he didn't oil the pan enough, so it keeps getting stuck. And yeah, he, and he keeps... stands there and sc- yeah. looks down, and yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> that's uh, that's my answer. Gosh, can't top that. I mean, I did ask both AIs specifically for video game characters now. If you want to hear that for some inspiration. Sure. Uh, so I'm just going to paraphrase both answers. So the Bing answer is it suggests characters mm. such as Mario from Super Super Mario Bros. No. No. Hang on. That's a horrible choice. It, it, it gets worse. <laughs> Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Hang on. That was all right. That's, that's not go. bad. No, no. So some of these are okay, but just wait for the Beat last one. stories to tell. Or actually wait for the last two. Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. I think I already said that. Laura. Ellie from The Last of Us. Hang on. Master Chief from Halo doesn't talk hardly. Okay. And Kratos from God of War. <laughs> in a quarantine with Kratos. He's just going to kill me by the end of the two weeks. <laughs> he's going to kill gonna, you. Something is going to piss him off and, he, and he's going to kill me. Uh, now, on the chat GPT side, we have Animal Crossing's Isabel. Because she is friendly, helpful, and always willing to lend a hand, her sunny disposition and love for all things cute and colorful can make the quarantine experience more cheerful and fun. Plus, she can help you decorate your virtual home in Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's that that assumes that you're playing Animal Crossing with real life Isabel. Yeah. You're just like sitting there on the couch together. She's like, oh, move the couch over there. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of doing it actually in your home or apartment or whatever. Yeah, she's not helping me reorganize my home to be cute no. and colorful or whatever. It's no, not all. Let's, let's put up our process. DS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zelda from The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild specifically. Oh, she, that's the worst Zelda. <laughs> apparently, she is calm and an intelligent character who can offer interesting conversations and insights into various subjects. She is also an excellent cook and could prepare delicious meals during the quarantine. And the last one, Ellie from The Last of Us. Resourceful and tough character who can help with any challenges that may arrive during the quarantine. She also has a sense of humor and can provide some much needed levity during a potential, a potentially stressful situation. Depends. Depends which Ellie. Part one or part the, two Ellie. The Ellie I that, that, that part like, two. Yeah. Part two. I don't know if I <laughs> want to be around her too much. <laughs> yeah. A little depressing. I would, I would <laughs> say uh, Arthur Morgan. Would oh, be pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Arthur Morgan would be good for. He did lots of stories. He can he can whittle away and show yeah. he can teach me how to how to do like he can teach me all the survivability skills. I think I you know that's a if I were to go to somebody who would challenge me, like to say I want to have a conversation with to make me question certain things, I would probably go in the Andrew Ryan Bioshock realm. Ah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> What, you want to be quarantined? You want to be locked inside for two weeks with Andrew Ryan? Hey, listen, let's put it this way. Andrew Ryan and me sitting across from each other, table, 
with a gun and a single bullet. Oh and what's going on? Somebody by the end of that was that's two weeks. Somebody is. So Adriano is going to be at gunpoint. Both of you, both you and your that's, guests are going to be at gunpoint. I'm going to be hanging out with Isabel. I was, that was not what I was suggesting. You're right. hanging out with Isabel. I, yeah, I'm hanging out with Isabel for her cute and colorful quarantine experience. <laughs> hmm. Matt, how do I how do I get into the Bing one? You said it was a closed. You have to you have to apply. You no. have to like get to apply, get out of the wait list. You have to apply yourself. Just try. Mm. Just try. And who are you? Uh, who are you quarantining with, Ryan? I was thinking. I was trying to think of like interesting like people to talk to. I think Indiana Jones would be kind of cool. Mm. The Bethesda uh, Indiana Jones. We don't know what that's going to be yet. <laughs> we have no exactly. idea what that's going to be. It's going to give us all the inside scoop. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's my answer. I like the Hermione one too. That one's pretty good. Are we talking book Hermione or movies Hermione? Because book Hermione is unhinged. Yeah, but that's the one I. Um, well, uh, uh, either whichever one walks in the door is fine. All right, picky. Yeah. And the Bilbo one ain't bad too. That's that's, Bilbo's that's really good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely a Hobbit. That's a great choice. What's the next no. question, Ariadne? Oh, I was uh, I was only gonna do weekly, but uh, we can do AI Anno. Should I figure out what I should play? Oh yeah. Uh, let me bring up categories in Steam. Wait, is it actually pronounced AI Anno? Adriano. So, so the, the the reason why I got AI apostrophe Anno is because um, my nickname from for my brother Giuliano is I always short form it on a written level to G apostrophe Ano just because his name is so goddamn long. So phonetically, his, I always call him Jano, and as a and he always calls me Ano. Like we, that's just like our dumb little twin nickname for each other. Um. So then, if I had to call it, it's a AI Ano. But all right. Let's figure out what game it. Uh, okay, so these are my requirements: uh, single player, multiplayer is possible. It okay. has to have full controller support, right? Um, it's the genre can be action adventure. Uh, simulation and indie, and but a, anything in the last five years. Okay, and then I will bring up my spreadsheet. Now here, here's one question. Just... So I just want to reread this because I think I may have missed one thing. So, so just a single player game with possible multiplayer in the action. Game. Uh, okay, I'll put that in yeah. the action adventure simulation or indie genres. The game must have come out in the last five years. Controller support <laughs> with multiplayer with uh, with possible multiplayer and controller support. I mean, most games that have come out in the last five years have controller support, don't they? Yeah, uh, unless yeah. it's a PC specific type. This is ridiculous. What did oh, it do? hey, okay. Oh, this is way different, too. Okay, Bing is still generating its response. 
Okay. So ChatGPT came up with one game. Uh, and Bing came up with four, but the one game, one of them is in co- is common. Uh, I'm going to start writing these down. <laughs> All right. A Viking's Quest, The Lost Continent. Viking's Quest, The Lost Continent. Which is an action RPG and farming game inspired by classic mm-hmm. titles. Ooh, okay. What's nice? It's, it features a handcrafted world of fantasy and adventure where you can explore, fight, craft, farm, and customize your character has single player, multiplayer modes, controller support, and is coming soon on Steam. There you go. Oh, so it's not out yet. Okay, I'm going to put an asterisk beside that. What is the next one from the other one? 80s. Ones? Okay, yeah, that's uh, that was, that's, is one uh, you should play. I actually already own that one. You haven't played Hades yet? No, because I keep on going back to Dead Cells. And he would have dug it the most. And he literally would have dug it the most. Yeah. What's next? Subnautica. Also oh, that already. And the this is the last one, and it's the one that's common across Bing and ChatGPT is Stardew Valley. I was okay, so I was actually going to start playing Stardew Valley <laughs> as soon as I was done my assignment tomorrow. I was actually going to start Stardew Valley this weekend. <laughs> that's there you go. It it's got you to a T. Yeah. Don't you have control too? We gotta get back to. Yeah, because okay, have you heard of the name? Have you heard of the elves? The name of the new game that Stardew Valley developers are making? Just no. the name alone. It's called uh, Chocolatier um, or something. The Haunted Chocolatier. The Haunted Chocolatier. Yeah. Yep. It's like I like I'm sold on that already. I it just what does that <laughs> even mean? I don't know, and I don't care, but I, I just know it's it's, it's, gonna, uh, it's gonna be great. It's it's in a like mansion, I think, of like a I don't know if it's like a Willy Wonka type character, but it's a it's like a mystery yeah. solving game or something. Yeah, so actually it's weird because three of these were well, Subnautica would probably would have been a toss-up. Maybe I would have gone to it, but Hades and Stardew Valley were on my intended to playlist. If they're highlighted in my in my spreadsheet. So, all right, AI Anno is going to give this a try. <laughs> See, I'll report on the next Hell episode. Yeah. Well, all right, okay. So I'm following two gaming procedures. Whatever Matt's playing on his backlist, a backlog, and <laughs> AI Anno. Hell yeah! <laughs> this is this is what AI was designed to be used for. Yeah, to take like, thinking out of certain things. Yeah, man, it's like my entire TikTok page is just videos of th- conversations between Donald Trump and uh, Obama and Joe Biden, and sometimes like John F. Kennedy and just weird shit of them playing like COD together, and they're just arguing while they're playing COD. <laughs> like the 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 astronomical. The, the completely unforeseen consequences that AI can have and the potential dangers of it. And this is what we're using it for. Yeah. Simulated conversations between it'll get worse. Don't some worry. Some presidents, some dead presidents. They're all they're all arguing over like who should be building what in Minecraft. Oh, I, I think you sent me that one. That was that was great. <laughs> what was the other one that I sent? It was like uh they were all um Oh, who who each of them like which uh, which faction they side with in Fallout New Vegas? That's right. And it's like, yeah, they this is these are the ones that they would side with a hundred percent based on their like political affiliations and beliefs and policies. Like, yeah, they they would side with the NCR, wouldn't they? I loved that the beginning of that conversation was Trump and Biden, and then Obama just slides into the conversation, and starts talking. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You guys are both idiots. You should know that it's actually you should follow the <laughs> NCR if you want to. They have the best military, and it's the greatest potential for civilization to return to the way it was." 
Anyway, you is... could you could probably ask AI to like write <laughs> Who you like write a with? game, right? Like like you could ask it mm. if you were like an indie dev, you could be like write a game yeah. about like a courier in the wasteland, and it could come up with something like New Vegas. Probably, yeah. Said so that there's many political groups in a in a uh, in a post-apocalyptic world that are vying for power because the person that controls the strip controls New Vegas. <laughs> Siding with Mr. House, didn't Trump side with Mr. House? Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an ethical I have an ethical dilemma with this chat GP now chat GPT now. What's that? Like I I have a I have a class I'm doing right now and it's a it's a drafting class for because I'm starting a new position and I'm taking some classes related to it. And for instance, I have an exam coming up. And I just decided to throw one likely question into the chat to see what it would do. And it gave me the answer. And so, did you like the answer? It is it is the correct answer. Mm. And but could a, you have Googled it? Like could you have Googled you, the answer? You could have could have Googled it, but it's also just because it also gives me instructions on how to perform it. Because there there is a procedure to doing this this command in this program. But isn't that good though? Because like well, if you well, didn't know I'm that saying, you need to know for your exam, wouldn't you have to study for that? Yes, but what I'm saying though is I have it is going to be this is going to be accessible to me while I do the exam. Oh it's, well, it's all, and as opposed to the old traditional way of having to study and go somewhere to do it, this will just be available to me. Well, the so, question is: Do you, are are you taking this class to actually learn something, or to let AI do it for you? Because if, if you're doing it to learn something, then don't use the AI. If you want to come out with a, with knowledge and skills after the fact, you know. But, okay, but my so my 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 logic with with exams are. And just testing in general is, is why do I need to memorize this thing going in here? Because if I don't know it in the real world, nobody knows everything about their, their, their profession or their job all the time. You, you will need to look up stuff constantly. There is a reference material for a reason. It always bothered me. It's like, well, you need to have this formula for this math formula from you're not uh, remember, remember in math class, their teachers saying was, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. bitch, are you fucking kidding me? I have a phone <laughs> that it does everything in my pocket. Look, look what the what te- look what technology gave us. So, is is punching in a question to an exam on a chat ethical? Well, I think it's a larger problem with the functions of exams in the first place, as just memorize this, put it on paper, and then hand it in. When when schooling really should be about obtaining knowledge, yeah, and, and skills. Um, so it's just skills, a problem with skills, the exams yeah. in general. But there's a uh, I think I think it's an Einstein quote. I don't know if it's real or not, but it was like I never commit to memory what can be easily looked up in a book, right? And if you have tools to perform what you need to perform, to use the tools. It's like saying like you have a hammer that can hammer nails, but then you go and do an exam by to like hammer nails in by hand and it's like well why would i want to have a better tool that can <laughs> right. do the same thing faster and better yeah hmm. i think the worry is though that our our technology will be so complex that we won't understand the fundamentals of it anymore 
And then when it, when something breaks, all hell breaks loose, you know? Because we don't know how to fix it because we, we, we don't need, know how it works in yeah, the first place. Yeah. yeah, we need someone to know how this stuff works. Yeah. <laughs> we need the engineers. Yeah. Keep them safe. Separate them so they can operate all together. And <laughs> Never put all the engineers on yeah. the same train or the Have same a airplane at the same time. at any one time. Now, what is the upgrade to plus op? What do we do if we got upgrade to? I I don't know. <laughs> Free plan upgrade. Uh, so plan. I did ask. Oh, what, what Tim said. GPT, I... what the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so I asked what you asked what you said Tim I wrote I said write the story of a video game that features a post-apocalyptic world that has four opposite factions fighting for the power of the wasteland Bing co- came up with just fallout so yeah. it, the year is 2077 global nuclear devastated the planet you know yada yada it comes up with four factions on the enclave the brotherhood the rebels and the mutants and it says you play as a wanderer in the wasteland. You choose, you can choose one of these factions or remain independent. Your actions will shape the fate of the wasteland as you explore its secrets, whatever. What kind of character would you like to create? It asks. But Chad GPT came up with a whole ass, the whole topic. The world's been destroyed by a cataclysmic event that has reduced civilization of rubble. The few remaining survivors huddle together in small communities, fighting for scraps of food and shelter amidst a barren wasteland. As the years pass, four factions emerge, each with its own ideology and vision for the future. The first faction, known as the New Order, believed that the key to survival lay in rebuilding the old world with its cities and technology. They saw themselves as the inheritors of pre-apocalyptic civilization and sought to restore its former glory. Second faction, the Raiders, rejected the idea of rebuilding and, in, and instead focused on plundering the ruins of the old world for resources. They were ruthless, brutal, uh, taking what they wanted by force and leaving death and destruction in their wake. The third faction, the Keepers, believed that the key to survival lay in preserving what remained of the natural world they saw themselves as stewards of the earth and sought to protect it from the ravages of the apocalypse they were skilled at survival and lived off the land but were fiercely protective of their territory and finally the fourth faction the cult of the divine believed that the apocalypse was a divine punishment for the sins of humanity they saw themselves as the chosen ones and believed that only through faith and sacrifice could they earn salvation they were fanatical in their beliefs and they were willing to do whatever it took to achieve these goals as a player in this world you can choose one of these factions to align with and you would work to achieve you would work to achieve their goals while fighting against the others each faction would have its own strengths and weaknesses and its own unique story to tell as you progress through the game you would explore the wasteland scavenge resources and engage in battles with the other factions you would build your faction strength recruit new members and engage in diplomacy with your rivals ultimately the fate of the wasteland would rest in your hands will you work to rebuild the old world or embrace the chaos of the new will you protect the natural world or seek to exploit it or will you embrace faith or reject it entirely the choice is yours and the fate of the wasteland depends on it I mean, it's funny, like, as you were describing the factions, they're loosely kind of based on the New Vegas ones anyway. Yeah, like you yeah. could say that the, like, Divine Cult is the Brotherhood of Steel because they sort of, like, view technology as their all-encompassing, like, you know, what they worship and they have to hoard all of the technology and stuff like that. And, but um, I, I wonder, like, how many post-apocalyptic novels have been written about this same concept. That it's like pulling these things from. I think Chad can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you play this? this from? Yeah. <laughs> exactly though. Uh Ryan, I, I have a busted iPad here. I think I told you it's stuck on the activation screen. I can't get past it. Yeah. I asked chat how to fix that and it gave me the preferred like try this method and then said if it doesn't work, do this method. So it gave me two alternate things. You gonna try it? Fuck yeah, I guess. Okay. (laughs) 
I don't have to open up several. I don't have to open up a Bing page to get the wrong answer to go to Google to get the <laughs> right one. So I, everything's here now. So wait, did you actually just sign up for an account then, Adrian? Yeah, I just did it now. I, I do the Bing one because I'm more. I'm curious about that one as well. But now I'm on. I I signed up for the waitlist to is see. It, is this just at OpenAI.com? Yeah, yeah. You need a phone number though. Uh, that's fine. I, I would have done. I would have done my alternate. My alternate phone number and my other um, persona. Uh, my other phone, but I'm actually losing. Like I'm getting a new phone and new phone number for that one. I'm actually losing that. So, so like changing number. Yeah, uh, because so I, I'm, I'm changing positions, and I ask, I'm like, can I keep my work number and my cell phone? And they go, no, because your phone number now is so synonymous with medical movie props across North America that we want to intercept. Like, we want to be the ones to answer that if you're no longer part of the operation. I was like, well, okay, so I don't get to keep that phone number anymore. Your baby's getting too big for its britches. Yeah, too big uh, for you anymore. Yeah, I don't want. Uh, I don't want it anymore. So I'm moving on. So, what are we playing? Yeah, this has been a fascinating um, podcast. But yes, yeah, we, we very barely touched on the stories, eh? It's uh, it's more so been about exploring, been, yeah, the potential. The, but it was also a slow week, and uh, there were kind of stories we'd covered kind of several times already. Just uh, small updates on them. But uh, yeah, let's move on to what we're playing. Um, uh, Adriano. Matt, can you ask Bing what? if it can tell me <laughs> what, what, I've game, been playing. what games I've likely been playing? Ask, it if it, if, ask Bing if... What games knows... has Adriano Petty from Day One Patch Media been playing recently? Yeah. Because if it knows this, I'm going to be so fucking upset. I'm gonna be de- I'm gonna be devastated. You're gonna be devastated. Yeah, my life will be over. My identity is no longer my own. Uh, do day one. Make sure you do po- day one patch podcast. I don't know if we'll do pa- day one patch media. There's a. I don't know if we'll be able to figure that out. Okay, it suggested one thing and it's wrong. It's still going. Second one's wrong. There's hope for us yet. Third one's wrong. What do you think of these games? Oh, it's, so it's, it's trying it's to figure out. Uh, according to their YouTube channel, some of the games that Adriano has been playing are Halo Infinite, Deathloop, <laughs> and Metroid Dread. I do I do want to play Dread. No, I've been playing Dead Cells, some Vampire Survivors, Overwatch 2, on and off, uh, Sea of Thieves, Marvel Snap, Marvel Snap Reno's, and Devil May Cry through the Devil May Cry HD collection. They just announced in uh, Sea of Thieves. Have you, you guys, have you guys been, you haven't done the Sovereign you haven't guys haven't added in with a new faction yet, have you? The Sovereigns? I haven't no. played that game in a long time. Anyways, what they've done now, they've just announced it. I don't know if it's updated yet, but you can do a harpoon. They What they do is they, on each outpost, there's a massive tower. You can go up high and there's a harpoon there, which you can bring all your treasure onto the deck of your ship and you can literally just harpoon it up and then bring it down this elevator and then sell it off to a person right there. Holy shit. So, they, so they have one generic merchant. Now you can literally just sell it off to this person over and over again. And, and it was great, but people were still fucking complaining that it was taking too long because they had to, you had to harpoon it, turn it, grab it, place it down and go back and forth. And they just announced auto offload from the harpoon. So as soon as the harpoon comes in, it automatically takes it and puts it behind you on the ground hey. on, the ele- on the elevator. And you can just rip through your inventory because 
honestly, we're going through like hundreds and hundreds of pieces of treasure now every playthrough, and then you could just sell it. So that's uh, that's what I've been playing. I'll probably jump on Overwatch right after this. Nice and easy. All right. Um, Tim? Uh, I mean, Skyrim. I've been doing a lot of mod stuff, as I have said in the weeks previously. Uh, not much new in regards to that. I finished. I will. I will say. I will give a big like vouch for um, the Clockwork mod that you can find on the Nexus. It's a content mod that adds new areas and new quest lines and new NPCs and stuff like that. Um, it's basically like you go through this cave that honestly is like basically a horror game. It's really cool, and I won't spoil anything. But they like add some unique little touches here and there that you don't see in like base Skyrim that are that were quite mind blowing when I went through it. Um and then you go to this uh this uh mansion that's like being basically like kept running by automatons and you kind of learn the history of the mansion and stuff and then there's a whole Dwemer aspect to it as well. Uh so we finished that and then I started up um a mod that I think I tried downloading like five years ago maybe um called worm's tooth which adds uh, a new island area a bunch of new quests side quests characters npcs all this stuff and uh you basically like sign up with a a mercenary company to uh eliminate a dragon that's threatening like the east empire company's like efforts on this island and then there's a lot going on on the island that you can like get involved in with stuff so that one i've just kind of started a uh, huge voucher for both of those. I know they're already like really popular mods uh, on the Nexus anyway, but um, if you haven't already and you're into Skyrim modding, definitely check them out. They're very good. Um, Sorry, Tim, what was that? What was that game? I missed the name. The one you were just talking about the mansion and the robots. What was the name of it? It's a mod for Skyrim called oh, Clockwork. Wait. Oh, it's a mod. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind then. Um, I heard mansion and robots, and I got interested. <laughs> I mean, if you want to boot up Skyrim, it's uh, it's worth playing even like without anything else. When chat uh, tells me to, I will. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then, uh, but other than that, like uh, largely just um, oh, I bought the the Metroid Prime uh, remaster uh, like last week. I think I wanted I meant to talk about it, but I didn't bring it up. And that's been really a lot of fun. I haven't played Metroid Prime since I was like probably fourteen years old, so it's been good to go back and uh, play it again. And it looks really good on the Switch, honestly. They did a really nice job um, with everything. And it's running at 60 FPS. It's just, like, really nice to play. I've never uttered the phrase, where do I go, so many times. <laughs> Probably in the last 15 years, that is just, like, backtracking simulator of the game. But uh, it's fun. Um, is it old game design? Or is that, like, how Metroid just always that's, is? That's how Metroid is. It's, it's always backtracking. It's a, it's a very desolate feeling game. The the atmosphere of, of Metroid Prime specifically is very much like that. Like it's a very quiet world, but there's like a lot of shit going on, and you really do feel like you're just kind of in, like you're in an unfamiliar world that doesn't want you there. Yeah. Um, what yeah, are you doing? It. So basically, the the concept of Metroid Prime is that you go to this like ship where you're tracking uh, a bunch of space pirates and you find Ridley's there. Who's like Samus's nemesis, basically. Um, then uh, there's an explosion on the ship. Samus loots Samus's suit loses all of its abilities. You go down to the planet that the space station is orbiting around called Talon four, 
because Ridley went there to the planet, chased them there, and you're basically just kind of like going around the world, learning about the ancient race that uh, tried to save the planet from being destroyed by some mysterious thing. So you learn about the ancient races there, you solve puzzles, you go through big 3D environments, um, get new abilities for your suits and stuff, you fight boss monsters, you usually have some sort of gimmick to them or something like that, you can find lots of secrets and upgrades. It's pretty standard stuff for Metroid. Um, but there's also this, like, it's the first 3D Metroid game, I think. So it was really a big change for people who were familiar with the Metroid, uh, Metroidvania-style gameplay. Um, but yeah, it was originally on the GameCube in, what, 2002 or three, whenever it came out? I can't remember. Oh, wow. Yeah, GameCube, but, and then it went to the Wii yeah, there's a Wii version, and then it's actually been ported to the Wii U as the Wii version. Um, yeah, so that's that's good. But other than that, I've really started sticking into Monster Hunter Rise again. Matt and I have been playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, it's I, I haven't really played it since it first came out, and um, I am really enjoying it again. I think because I just I was playing World until Rise came out, and then Rise was different enough in enough ways that I was like, I think I still prefer world, but now that I haven't played world or rise in like years, or at least since it came out and going back to it again. Now um, I'm really enjoying it more as like it's standalone game than, uh, than I did when it first came out. Cause I'm not really comparing it to anything. I guess I'm just comparing it to like the last time that I played it. And uh, it's a lot more kind of uh, it's been a lot of fun, like trying out different weapons and stuff and, eventually inevitably going back to the sword and shield because that's all i have the muscle memory for and then it's you know just blowing through stuff but uh and it's a really good multiplayer game as well like if you have somebody that you can regularly play with i mean it's it's a really good game to even just kind of be doing while you're chatting about other stuff in the background i think you may have mentioned it there but like you played world and then you played something like there was one or two others as well so you were like in monster hunter central forever so maybe a little bit of burnout, maybe. I think World came out in like 2017, and then Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate came out in 2018 on the Switch, I think. And so that I played right. a little bit of that, and then I went back to World again, and then Iceborne came out, which was the expansion for World. That came out in 2019, I think. Maybe t- late 2018. And yeah, it was 2018. And uh, then I played that again. And that just made, you know, it's just world, but better, more content and stuff. And lots of little tweaks here and there for making the gameplay better. And uh, I kept trying to go back to Generations Ultimate on the Switch, but I didn't ever finish it. Because it's kind of more of like a, it's kind of like a Monster Hunter All-Stars type game. Like you kind of go through all the old maps, you fight the old monsters, you get all the old like weapon upgrades and things. But it's super, super grindy. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's just like... You really have to do everything twice in order to like progress unless you really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because of like RNG, like you'll just not get the parts you need for like weapon and armor upgrades and stuff. So it's uh, it's tough in that regard. And I, I use that word lightly because I don't view tedium as difficulty. If it's wasting my time, it's not hard. It's just annoying. And uh, yeah, so I did, that's why I didn't stick with that one. But Rise, I think I just like I know lifed it so much when it first came out and then I got through it so quickly compared to world. And I was like, Oh, it's over. All right. And then I think I even went back to world instead of 
playing more rise and then i just was like done with monster hunter for a long time but being back and playing it again i'm really appreciating rise a lot more for what it is but um that's been my week last couple weeks actually very nice uh matt yeah, so like uh, like Tim said, we got a couple uh, good uh, good monster hunter sessions in. We completed one or two hunter ranks. I think we're hunter rank three or four now. Uh, four now. Four, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a hell of a time doing the. We never we never lost it, but doing the one rampage, we had someone join and die repeatedly <laughs> over and over again. Just literally <laughs> joined, walked in, and dead. Like all that's right, classic monster hunter though is is uh po- posting a like help request and then people come in and die immediately repeatedly that's that's just classic uh yeah because that was the first time i've experienced like multiplayer in monster hunter with randoms in a long mm. long time i don't even recall doing that in world unless somebody unless i joined somebody else's uh like a friend's lobby who had other people in there so right. that was interesting but we did find a couple we did a couple hunts that we found we had i think two people in each and they were very useful. Like they were very, very helpful. Uh, and we ended up finishing both of those hunts really quickly, which was, uh, which was good. And we got a whole bunch of, um, materials gathered and I think a couple of camps built or maybe we were working on that, but, uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff in, uh, monster hunter. So that was good. Monster hunter rise. Uh, other than monster hunter, uh, I have been continuing call of Juarez and it's awesome. Uh, the story <laughs> is, is fucking awesome. Uh, I play as Thomas, which is one of the brothers, just because of his abilities with the lasso and um, I like his gun loadout better. But uh, Ray is such a crude and just miserable old bastard. And it's it's just awesome. Uh, he just has like the most ridiculous comebacks. There's one where his one brother, so there's three brothers total, you can only play as the two. One brother who you can't play as is uh, supposed to be or he's going to be a priest. He's like gone through part of the schooling for it. He comes running out and tells Ray, like, you know, don't like don't go against the word of the Lord. Thou shall not kill. And the Ray's like, well, it's a bit late for that little brother. And it zooms out on the level you've just completed and everyone's dead. <laughs> so there's a lot of really uh, funny lines like that from Ray. Um, the story is pretty good. I mean, it's uh, not like an amazing, absolutely ridiculously uh, complex story or anything. But the dynamic between the characters, the three brothers and them all come them all. uh being conflicted on, you know, who to work with. Like, hey, we're going to work for this guy. Well, that guy's a scumbag. Yeah, but so are we. So, like, let's do it. Oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we'll go after this person. No, no. Like, you know, the one brother will be like, no, no. Like, the Lord's going to pu- pu- punish them. And, and then you're like, well, the hell with it. Like, we're going to go after him. And then we'll have a favor for with this other guy. And it's, uh, I really like the dynamic. And it really elevates the uh, the story to um, to a higher level. I, I'm... I'm really just been enjoying like Western games recently. Like obviously Red Dead Redemption 2 is the big one and then this one now. So I might maybe do a little look up for other Western games to play. But um I've been playing the crap out of that and really been enjoying it. Uh I did a little bit of uh I did a little bit of Generation Zero, and unfortunately the people that I'm playing with have officially dropped off now. So uh I'm I have the last third, I believe, of the game to do. So I'm probably just going to run it and just get it done. Um, Which one is that again? Is that like the mech game in like the post-apocalyptic type thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, in an 80s post-apocalyptic Sweden, uh, there's a bunch of mechs uh, that have uh, seemingly made all the people disappear. Like no one's around. You don't know whether they've been evacuated or killed. 
and there's like a war between the mechs and the humans because you can see the uh, the evidence of the army having set up a line and they're being destroyed robots and dead soldiers and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's a mystery faction. I mean, slight spoiler, I guess, where the further you go north, the more difficult the game gets generally. But you start seeing these weird looking robots and it's the Soviets and the Soviets have robots. And it's like, what are the Soviets doing here? Are they using their robots to save us? And how did they already have robots? And it's a whole bunch of questions. Uh, the group I've been playing with uh, doesn't like to or doesn't like read through all the stories or anything. So I haven't like read up on all the and listened to a whole bunch of the story. Uh, I've been kind of rushing through more or less, but that's fine. It's more of an action game than anything. Um, so I'm going to try to just try to rush that probably in one afternoon at some point. Just just get it done. I could probably do that. My character is pretty pretty well equipped so uh we'll see for single player anyway if i've been playing multiplayer this whole time maybe i'm ill-equipped but um other than that i've been playing been playing call of duty uh been doing testing just for fun on the uh the um skill-based matchmaking system so uh i we we played one night and we just had a, a roller coaster over time did great and there's three of us there's did great on one match so so on a few, bad on a couple, so so on a few, right back up to the top, then comes back down. So there's this roller coaster up, down, up, down to performance. So I, I logged in the next day and did five or six rounds, I think. And I just did the calculation. Okay, I'm positive five on this one, I'm positive 10 the next, I'm negative eight, negative two, you know, et cetera. And I just did this test and the, the skill based matchmaking. Uh, as far as I know, tries to make it so that you have a 1.0 kill death ratio. And I, once again, I was alone and I had a roller coaster of a time and I was exactly 1.0 kill death ratio. So that's the skill based matchmaking kicking in, which is very unfortunate because the, the, the problem that comes in here is I'm not necessarily against skill based matchmaking, but what I don't like is it's in order to make me zero. So I, I'll get like a 3.8 kill death ratio do really good in the round. And then all of a sudden it tries to knock me down, but it, it overcompensates and I get dropped down and I get like seven and 15. And so I'm like, Jesus, like, I, you know, I have to do better than that. And then the next round's like seven and 15, but then the next round I'm okay. I'm at even, or I'm at 1.2 or something. And it's like this constant roller coaster. And then if you know, you're in that range for a while within the bad to 1.2, it'll give you a nice round and you shoot back up the three, like three or even four kill death ratio for that round. And then because you did well, it shoots you back down. And what it's doing is I'm either facing people that I'm just walking through that I'm sure they're not having a good time. Um, and I'm just ripping through them and I'm never facing somebody that is slightly above my skill level like i almost feel as though it should sprinkle people in like so, like people at at your skill level like at the average skill level because obviously all this has a bit of nuance to it and then someone who's just slightly above and sprinkle a couple of those people into each team so that they can have a good round they'll butt up against each other at the same skill level and i'll hit someone who is better than me but not so better than me that i don't even know where they came from and i'm able to build some skill level to beat them then i'll then my skill will slowly increase as i play um that's kind of how I think skill-based matchmaking should work. I know some people hate it altogether. I don't think it's necessarily a complete write-off, although there are there is a case for that. But 
It's too extreme. And it's all three of us with very few exceptions. All three of us had the, you know, great round, bad round. Okay. Round. Okay. Round great round, bad round. And just keeps going around in circles. Um, and with, you know, with three of us, it's so obvious that it's the algorithm doing it. And we notice on the rounds that we do bad, We'll play on Invasion, which has a lot of human players in it, meaning that us two or three guys aren't necessarily going to affect the round too much. And the entire enemy team is super positive and does really well. And our entire team is just down in the dumps, total garbage with very few exceptions and not doing well. We're just getting pushed back into the spawn. It's almost unplayable, which is unfortunate. So I I just think the school-based matchmaking either needs to be like... I don't know, toned down or like I said, with the, the sprinkle technique, if you will. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, I agree. you what? I agree. You agree with, with, uh, call of duty's skill based matchmaking. Yeah. Um, you should play COD Tim. You should try You should try a modern. I, call of duty. You- no, <laughs> I hate, I hate competitive shooters. I get too, uh, I get too competitive and I get toxic. <laughs> oh it's horrible yeah it's like everyone's mad at each other and i'm just sitting there i'm pissed off they're pissed off and uh it's not good uh but uh hey, you're really I, what, selling it but <laughs> well i was gonna say like when i'm solo i get pissed off when i'm in a group it's just whatever like if i start dying a lot i'm like fuck it and i'll just pull up the rpg and start goofing off and stuff like in a group it's totally fine because you're just kind of chatting but um, what a goof this guy uh yeah uh but anyway other than that i think I think that's it. I believe there was something else, but I don't remember what it was, if there was anything. And, oh, uh, we did some Fortnite. Um, I completed a whole bunch of the season. Uh, I'm in well into the bonus rewards now. You're in like the last... level 130 or something, right? Yeah. For the... <laughs> so weird. This season, I've played w- much less than I've played other seasons, and I'm way further this season than I have been in other seasons. <laughs> Super bizarre. Um, I did sort of min-max the weekly system but like i was telling marty so the weeklies used to stick around so if i missed two weeks and i'd come and i'd come back there'd be two weeks waiting for me when this season began that wasn't the case the one week would be gone and only the current week would be there but the catch was two of the quests in the in the weeklies had five stages each and i'd go hard and try to finish up to at the bare minimum three if not four or five to complete the quest outright so down the road in the season, they did an update where the weeklies started to stack again. And so then I, I think that I got the benefit of doing the staged quests and min maxing those. Also, then I missed a couple of weeks. And so I got like a backlog of stage quests. And then last week, I think they didn't even give us, um, any quests, any weekly quests because there's like an event on and they gave us some other things. And we did that and just rip through that. There's also a skin if you buy it for 1200 V bucks and do the challenges. I think it says right in the description that it gives you 28 levels. Wow. So it's, which I didn't buy it yet. Um, I might do it if I want some of the bonus rewards before the end, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing, been playing, uh, the, the Fortnite, uh, a few sessions this week. I played with Mike, um, one of our apex buddies. And then I played with uh, you guys as well, Ryan and Marty. And that was fun. And uh, a little bit of Apex as well, of course. Sprinkled that in here and there, and that was it. That was my week. Wow. Uh, my week, uh, pretty slow. Um, Fortnite, Overwatch, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, but the big uh, the big game I tried was... Um, what were we Chat playing, <laughs> No. Sons of the Forest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early yeah, access. Yep. Um, I, was, uh, I was duped. I was bamboozled. What do you mean? 
Uh, so I, I have a strong dislike for what I have called uh, make your own adventure games. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I always get roped into into playing one again and again and again. Uh, there is a story and there is like objectives and stuff, but largely you're just running around having your own jolly good time. Like, yes and no, it's it's a survival crafting game, right? Which in itself usually involves you kind of making coming up with your own yeah. like goals and stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is that like that becomes a lot easier when you're playing with people mm-hmm. because you can play off of what they're doing. And um, yeah, it's we, definitely we, more fun running through those caves and stuff with you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, and like we've definitely just been kind of playing off of what Aaron wants to do for, for <laughs> yeah. the most part. And which is largely just kind of exploring the map, and like I'm all fine with that, but I am really keen on getting into the um, like the the base building and more the uh, like mechanics with that because there's a lot of like NPC interactions that a lot of my friends are playing it too, mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about stuff that we haven't seen yet because we've been taking our sweet time getting to that point. Why does does more happen the more you kind of build up, or yeah, 100. Do you have to do objectives or something to activate kind of? Like they're like unmarked objectives, right? There are like certain markers that you hit um, based on your gameplay kind of thing. Okay. That, so yeah, uh, I would definitely like to do that next time we uh, mm-hmm. hop on. I don't think there's really much else for us to do except for a lot of that stuff now, which is yeah. good. But like I said, I have really been enjoying mm-hmm. uh, what we have done so far. And then also, I just want to bring up, this isn't necessarily a, what I'm playing, but what I'm going to be playing, uh, Diablo 4. They got that beta coming out. Uh, I was wondering if we're all going to jump into that. Give it a go. Adrian, I was giving it a thumbs up. I would do it. I'm wondering if I should pre-order it, though. I know that's... What do you, what do you get for pre-ordering? Uh, I think even earlier access to the beta. Oh. I don't expect anyone else to do that. I just... I just. Uh, I don't know. Thought I had it. Why uh, would you pre-order I just, it? I just want if- to. Ryan, no. <laughs> God, no, Ryan, It's stop. one of those things where I'm going to buy it on launch day anyway. Why not pre-order it? But are you not going to wait for at least reviews to come out? I'm probably buying this and playing it regardless. Even if it's... Well, I mean, you said that about uh, Gotham Knights. I did buy that. And then you returned it. Yeah, because so Adriano I. dropped it on me too, though. <laughs> After seeing the, the poor oh, so reviews. it's his fault. No, no, yes. not, not, not his fault entirely. <laughs> but just oh. because I... Uh, we were kind of planning on playing it and then he didn't buy it. And then I had an opportunity to return it. And then, uh, and then it came out with like, came down to 35 bucks later. And Ryan's like, Hey, it's down at 35 bucks. Do you want to consider this? I go, I don't, I don't want to pay $35 for a game. I do want to play. Never mind A game. I don't want to play. Like subscription services have really ruined me on the dollar. I don't know if there's a pre-order bonus for, I'm looking it up now. I pre-purchase. They're saying you get this with the edition. I don't know if you get it's a pre or pre-order perk. But which would you get standard, digital, oh, deluxe? It says on the bottom. Uh pre-purchase now. Uh receive early access to the open beta and light bearer mount in Diablo 4. That's it. Okay. A, a mount. You get a mount for pre-ordering. There you go. You do you, Ryan. But yeah, I was looking at the different versions here. Uh obviously standard, digital, deluxe, and ultimate. And there's there's a season pass, but there's like here we go. Like already though, like this is yeah. this is the concern with with Blizzard yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So with, with the digital deluxe edition, you get the season pass. But if you get the ultimate edition, you get the season pass plus twenty level unlocks. 
But but then you don't get the premium seasonal pass unlock. Yeah, you do because that's included in the season pass. But there's so no check. It's what it's the check mark was removed on that one. Because you're at, not getting the basic season pass. You're getting the uh, season pass plus 20 tier unlocks. I'm yeah. picking up what you're dropping. You got that it. confused me for a bit too, because like I'm like, why does the ultimate edition not have something? But it does have it. So but anyway, I'm actually excited for that. I'm excited to get back on Diablo. We kind of played all three over the uh, pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's finish it off with Diablo uh, 4. I had to temporarily remove it from my Diablo Immortal from my phone, but I do intend on finishing it. I promise I will finish that game. And why do you have to remove it? That's performance issues. Personally, or a you know. All right, that's it. Uh, Tim, where can, can people find you? I'll just ask Chad GPT. Apparently, yeah, yeah. a Canadian variety streamer on twitch.tv slash <laughs> the sidetrack where like i said i've been playing the absolute shit out of skyrim again lots of mods uh if you want to check out the state of modded skyrim in 2023 come on by it's been an absolute riot um and then occasionally sometimes on uh wednesday nights as well twitch.tv slash day one patch media wednesdays nine something ish Eastern. Nine something ish. PM. All right. And I had chat uh, GPT write me a little uh, outro. What? I'm going to read it now. And that's all for today's episode of our video game podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our discussions and insights on the latest and greatest in the world of gaming. If you want to stay up to date on the latest gaming news, trends, and releases, be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode. Don't forget I to s- like subscribe and leave a comment and let us know your thoughts and feedback until next time keep playing and explore new worlds i simultaneously love love, (laughs) i simultaneously love and hate this this is the worst timeline all right we'll see you guys next time (laughs) peace